You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well at Locked On Cubs. All right, Cubs fans, still more to digest. Still a lot more to digest from the fallout of the trade deadline that happened, uh, was it five days ago now, last Friday? Still stings. It's still, I mean, to me, it still stings. Maybe you guys are all in the acceptance phase of it where it's like it's, you're ready to move on and everything like that. I am not. Uh, I want to give a shout out to someone who called it the blue purge. Um, I'll find your name later. I'm just remembering off the top of my head right now. Someone called referred to it as the blue purge. We we're trying to come up with a cool name for what happened. Blue Friday, uh, Blue Wedding, the, you know, whatever it was. Some people had different names for it. The Blue Reckoning. I don't know, but it was awful. And I'm still not over it. Anthony Rizzo is hitting about 500 as a Yankee now after going two for five yesterday with an RBI. So, uh, you know, that's something. That's something, right, Cubs fans? The Cubs got shellacked by the Colorado Rockies last night in Denver, giving up about uh, 13 runs, 13 to six. Solid Broncos Bears football score for you. But uh, Tom Ricketts also went on his own network uh, to clarify some things. He had a little one-on-one with Cubs uh, nails, not analysis. He's with Cubs host, broadcaster, Cole Wright. He usually does the pre- and post-game shows. I like Cole Wright. He doesn't seem to take a day off, I've noticed. I feel like he works seven days a week. Good on Cole. And uh, and Jed Hoyer also talked with Marquis before the game in kind of a response to Anthony Rizzo's comments that he made with uh, David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. So I'll be giving my thoughts on all that. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. You're going to love it. Okay. Now, I'm sorry that I'm still feeling the way I am. I I, I really would like not to be as angry, but um, you know what it is? I'm, I'm at the age where I'm noticing the propaganda. You know, you get a little older, you start to notice certain things and you realize that everyone's got their own little agenda and they all want to push a certain narrative, right? And it started when Jed Hoyer went on ESPN 1000 on Monday morning. You know, I took the weekend off of watching Cubs baseball. I don't. I think I saw like an inning of the Nationals game and I listened to a little bit on the radio of the National Series, I should say. I just couldn't. I, w- I was angry. I was. And again, I know the team needed... Uh, a makeover. I kept calling it a makeover because everyone kept saying rebuild or extend. And they never gave this third option of like, well, we could still be competitive instead of the paying the three guys we have now, maybe we interchange them a little bit. Or I thought at least though, you keep one of them though. I really, and I feel, and I would have felt better if I felt there was a stronger effort. Do we really get the sense that the strongest effort was put forward to sign any of these three? And again, I, I never, never once have I said, during my reign as host of the Lockdown Cubs podcast, have I stated that they should bring back all three? Never said that. I don't believe they should have brought back all three. The offense clearly need to be uh, mixed up a little bit, a little more lineup diversity. We strike out way too much. Anthony Rizzo, though, doesn't. Anthony Rizzo, throughout his career, has been one of the top contact bats in baseball. One of the guys who strikes out very little and walks a lot. This year, he has a 10% walk rate, 15% strikeout rate. That's that's one of the tops in baseball. 
So he wasn't a problem in that regard. You could complain about the back and all this other kind of stuff. I saw an interesting tweet from someone uh, that said sports track had Anthony Rizzo at about 13 million per year. That's his value going into next year. That was also that website also updates it like weekly. So you have a hot week, all of a sudden your value's up more. You have a bad week, it goes down a little. So it fluctuates, right? So you don't know what that's going to be at the end of the year. So even if Anthony Rizzo's value is at 13 million a year, the Cubs offered him 14 million. So I was like, shouldn't he just gladly take that? You know, I also I say Anthony would have said, all right, give me 16, which would have been two million more than the Cubs had offered. In what world do you regret paying Anthony Rizzo two million more dollars a year than you should have? If you are a team that charges the highest ticket prices in baseball. It's the most expensive night out at a ball game than any stadium in the land. If you're that team, fourth highest valued team by Forbes and by several other highly respected economic publications in the third biggest media market in the United States of America. If you're that team and you don't think you could deal with the financial burden of paying someone a couple more million dollars than they're worth, sell the team because you can't afford it. You clearly don't belong running a major league franchise. In other sports, they would have stepped in by now. But Major League Baseball is one of the oldest boys clubs out there. When there was rumors back when the Tribune, or Sam Zell, I should say, because the Tribune sold to Sam Zell, and then Sam Zell sold to the Ricketts, that Mark Cuban was interested. They never would have let him buy the team. You have to get approved by the other owners. What kind of free market society is that? Hey, I'd like to purchase this. I have the most money. I'll offer you more money than anyone else. Can I have it? Well, no, because we need 29 other people to sign off on you, and they have to agree for you to. Are you Really? That's, that's what it is? Okay. How that doesn't anger more people. And I'm willing to give Ricketts the benefit of the doubt or give them another chance. But, but since 2018, it's been lies. I was a big fan of the, what they were doing. Okay. They bought the team like late in 2009 season. Well, we're not going to salvage that season. 2010, 2011. Let's see what we got here. All right. Let's, you know, and they did. Okay. Their payroll was actually considered high-ish for the time. And at the start of 2010 and the start of 2011, not really because of big additions, but because of retained bad salary that was previous to them. So it wasn't like new spending they had done. Kind of similar to when fans go, we had a top five payroll 2019, 2020. Yeah, but no new additions. The last time they made new additions was before 2018. And no, no, I do not count Craig Kimbrell, who was only added in June of 2019 because Ben Zobris's wife turned out to be the devil and he had to take family leave to be with his kids while she was off doing, just Google that. I don't even get into it. That opened up money. When Ben Zobris went on that family leave thing, they no longer had to pay him. He was owed about 14 or $15 million in that final season of his four-year deal, which was a very, very good free agency contract. Four years, $56 million for what we got out of a World Series MVP. All-star for us. He had a great 2018 season, too. He had a 400 on base percentage at 307. And 2019 was a, a lost season for him because of personal things, which is sad. In 2017, he had a wrist thing, so he wasn't very strong for us then. But still, good, good career overall. And, a, and a, a great contract for the Cubs. But that money opened up was why they were able to get Kimbrell. A real team trying to compete and spend would have known going into 2019, hey, you know what? Our, we need a closer. We don't have a closer this year. Morrow's probably going to be out for the full season. And we know Pedro Strope is way better served as a setup man 
this this seems like a big risk going into the year. And they would have gotten out and gotten Zach Britton or Adam Ottavino. They didn't. They didn't get any of those guys. They went in with a lackluster bullpen. Oh, I'm sorry. They got Brad Brock, who they ended up cutting. They sent him for a whopping $1 million or 1.5. So I say all of this as a refresher to remind people before they just go, well, they did spend. Look, if you see a bottom number and go, look, $205 million or $220 million, that was the payroll for those two years. It doesn't tell the whole story, though, because a lot of that was just raises. Bryant was due a raise through arbitration. Rizzo, not Rizzo, I'm sorry. Uh, Bias was due a raise through arbitration. Uh, the one year before, Schwarber, Contreras, they all got more money as they went through arbitration, which is standard practice for all the baseball. I bring that up. Yes, it's money spent, but it was because they had to. In no world are you going to cut any of those players because the PR backlash would have been insane while you were still competing because then they were still competing. But instead, they went over the renovation budget. Tom Ricketts is famously quoted for saying we went way over the renovation budget, but then had to walk it back saying, oh, that doesn't affect baseball, though. These are all separate things. It's all different revenue streams and all this stuff, which even then he's kind of went back on. In his interview with Cole Wright yesterday on Marquee Network, he mentioned that, oh, the financial flexibility is going to be there coming up. We don't have as many committed deals and all that. Jed will be able to spend. He didn't really, it wasn't that convincing though. They've said this before. They go, if we're, if it's, if it's there, if the opportunity presents itself, yes, we are going to spend money. You know, I'm changing my voice because that's how they come off to me. Yes, we will allocate the necessary funds. If, uh, if the team is, is close to competing, we will, we will go out there and find yourself a Tommy Tallywhacker or, or, or Moonbeam Jones or some, some fancy name who will come in and solve all of our problems. <laughs> that's what they all sound like to me. Does, can someone pass the caviar? It's ridiculous. It's a joke. They did. They so that budget gets out of way, and then so yeah. So what he was saying to Cole Wright was, we're going to have more revenue services coming in because of all the improvements around the ballpark. The dream all along was to turn it into Disney World. And in previous owners, Sam Zell even kind of said when he bought the team from the Tribune, he was walking around in the outfield and said, why didn't the Tribune ever buy up all these buildings or try to buy up all these buildings around the ballpark? Which he was right from a business standpoint. You buy those buildings because they're looking into your product. It's it's only it's almost further increasing your your capacity in a sense. You know, I'm almost surprised they don't sell the tickets that way still. They they keep them as separate entities, but the, the Ricketts own like most of the buildings now, which was a smart business move on that regard. But a hotel, all this other junk. Oh, let's put a bowling alley in and, and let's have a place for, for kids to run around before the game. I don't like that green grass area with the big screen. What's it called? Gallagher way. Not a fan of it because I used to tell people on the other side of town who would always brag going, Oh, we have a place where so it's a sprinkler and, and kids could run around and get instruction and do all this. And, and, and fireworks go off when we hit a home run. I'm like, that's the strat. Like you need that. Oh, I didn't know we had a home run. Thank God for the fireworks. I, to me, that's all distraction. What I loved the most about Wrigley was it was all about the, the team and the field and you're in the ballpark. Now, when I bring my kids to a game, they're too young yet still, but when I bring them to a game, they're going to be like, hey, can we go run around in the park? Why? Look, I, I got a nice TV. These TVs these days, these flat screens, we all know they're like eight pounds. They're very light. I'll put one of them in my car. I'll see if I could get a big extension cord. We could go at any one of the thousand parks the great city of Chicago has. That's one thing this city does have very well. Parks are plenty. And we'll and we'll watch the game on that while you guys run around. I'll just set it up in the backyard. 
I live in the city, but it's a solid enough backyard for the city. Why not? Like the idea of I'm going to go to, you know, I don't live that close to Wrigley Field. It's a good 20 minute drive. I'm going to go down to Wrigley, find parking, right? Or take the bus, find, do one of those things. And then I'm going to hang out in a field. That's, that's the move. I don't mind the ice skating rink in the offseason and all that other stuff. I just felt like all of this was just, and they knew going, going for the word, winning the world series. They thought, Oh, you win a world series here. You are set. You're everyone's going to crown you. But what you did was you changed the culture and we all expect and deserve and want better. Now this episode is brought to you by green room. Green room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you could talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. You can't beat it. It's an amazing experience. You're going to love it. So here's what you want to do. Go download the free Green Room app right now. It's right. Pause the podcast and then go over and download it. Currently available on all iOS devices. That's your iPhone. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA. It's all there for the latest updates. Can't beat that deal right there, everyone. It's really fun. It's uh, changing the experience. It's making it even more interactive, creating a community that I'm sure you're going to love. So, you know, you can check out post-game debates, breaking news, all sorts of fun stuff, trivia. You're going to love it, everyone. So go and download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right. Now, I'm I'm only recapping a lot of the stuff because Ricketts was, you know, I, I read that letter he sent to to fans and um there's still such a part of me that for a long time I didn't say anything bad about the Ricketts family and the ownership because I had this secret dream of having my own show on the marquee network and I wanted to throw out the first pitch at a Cubs game before because again they've had minor celebrities uh, a comedian I know who didn't even like baseball she got to throw out a pitch and you know she got a few more followers than me on Twitter but I'm killing her on TikTok anyhow um so you know I remember thinking oh that that'd be amazing thing for me one day to throw out a first pitch. I was always very hesitant to uh, criticize ownership too over the top. You know, I always try to come from a place of understanding, which I, I, as fans, we should from time to time, you know, there is so like, you know, sometimes the Quintana trade, people still go back after a lot of times with Eloy and Cease. I look at it this way. We traded a DH and a guy who's pitching an A about the time for Jose Quintana, who was an all-star the season before, only 28 years old, had three and a half more years at only 10 million or 11 million per, which was incredibly undervalued. I was like, hey, it's owned for it. I respected the effort. It didn't work out the way you wanted it to, though. And you do have to give up something to get something in return oftentimes. Like when we won the World Series, giving up Glabar Torres, I was fine with that, especially since Torres isn't very good anymore anyway. Obviously, he had a couple of big years there, but the last two, he's been not good. Yet you had to take those risks. And I was happy that the front office was doing that. I really did praise the Ricketts family a lot, and I'm hoping they get back to that. I just want some honesty. I just wish they said, look, we screwed up on one side of things. And right now, we're going to have to keep it tight for a bit, but hopefully, our guys show, I, I don't know, a little transparency would be nice. The fact that they dodged. The, they used to do press conferences at the Cubs convention. They dodged those for a couple of years in a row because they didn't want to face the backlash. They didn't want to face the music, as the expression goes. You know, there was just a lot to lose a little respect for there. And if I if I meet him again, I'll tell him this stuff to his face. That depends the event we're at. If we're at some event where we're like honoring a sick kid, I'm not going to be like, hey, real quick, come over here. Yo, Tom, get, get right here. Stand right there. I got some things I want to say to you, pal. 
No, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Nice to meet you again. You know, we met at Rizzo's event a few years back. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you're amazing. You're so funny. I'm like, I know, I know. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I know I, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. But, like, what's going on? What, what, you know, we all feel a little betrayed here. What's, uh, tell me, tell me you're going to spend like you did. Tell me you're going to, I look, I know it's important to have prospects in, in a strong farm system and everything like that, but I, I feel like we didn't go all in the way teams like the Yankees, Dodgers and Red Sox do. And you made it seem like we were going to join that party. I wanted to be in that party. And, and, and if you're saying, Hey, well, Tampa Bay and, Oakland and a few of these other teams, they make the playoffs often without spending big. I thought maybe we could be like them. Oh, okay. No, no, that's okay. If you want to be like Tampa, then here's what you do. You slash your ticket prices by about 75%. Are you willing to do that? No, no, of course you're not. Well, then put the money where it goes. How many boats do you need, pal? I don't, I don't get it. I really, that's the thing too, that kills a lot of us fans. I'm not begrudging people for making a lot of money and as much as you could, but it gets to the point where it's, you can't spend it all. You honestly can't. Are you really thinking about your great, 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 great grandchild? Cause that's how much it, it would be left over. They're set. If you have a billion, billion dollars, your great, 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 great grandchild set. I'm not kidding you. People don't really realize the difference between a million and a billion. Like a million seconds is 11 days. A billion seconds is 31 years. Like that's people don't, they, I think people think what's, what's after being a millionaire? Oh, a billionaire. They must be close. They're very much not. It's the difference between a hundred bucks and a million dollars. It's, it's, I don't know if it's quite like that, but it's very, very different. And I know a lot of it's in, it's in assets. It's in liquidity and they don't actually have a billion sitting in the bank somewhere, but it's so easy. I don't understand. How is there not one billionaire that's become Iron Man yet? Or Batman. Not one of them has decided, I've got so much money, I'm going to go out there and be a saint. Baffles me. Because it'd be the first thing I'd do. I would walk around, and, th and that's what I thought he loved at first. Well, I was on with Lawrence Holmes on 670 to score about, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago now, three or four weeks ago. And we talked about yeah, it's about three weeks ago. We talked about he made a good he made a point that kind of cheered me up a little bit. He thinks that when the pandemic happened and there was no fans in the stands and all that, it was easy for Tom to just look at the baseball team and make like fiscally conservative baseball decisions. But then he thinks once things were fully open 100 percent capacity, he's gonna miss walking around shaking hands and kissing babies. So then he was gonna go back and spend again. And I'm hoping. I'm hoping the words out of my mouth. I don't. I, I'm. I know my impact's pretty minuscule, although not that minuscule. Number thirty-two in baseball podcasts on Apple. That's right, thirty-second ranked baseball podcast in America on Apple. Locked on Cubs. So I want to thank all of you Cubs fans for supporting and listening to this podcast. But again, if, if what people like me are saying and what on how a lot of people on Twitter are reacting with anger and. And other Cubs fans with big platforms who are reacting in a way where it's like this this feels like a slap in the face to fandom. Hopefully that does make them go out and spend. Because there is no reason not to spend in 2022. You can't convince me otherwise. Jed Hoyer was also on the Marquee Sports Network talking about how he got emotional and he was just frustrated they couldn't get any deals done. And he got defensive and he shouldn't have got defensive. And he, of course, is saying that because Rizzo was on ESPN 1000 in the morning talking to Cap and Hood saying that, well, there's a common denominator in why all three of us didn't sign. And I don't know why Jed is saying what he's saying. It sounds like a bad breakup and he's not, you know, 
So it got, you know, shots were fired by Jed and shots were fired back by Riz. And Anthony Rizzo looks and he, they asked him, they go, Hey, would you entertain coming back to the Cubs in the off season? If the deal's right, he barely hesitated and said, I'm focused on being a Yankee. I'm trying to get into this culture, have fun here, help this team win ball games. And I am. And then he said, I'm relieved not to be worried about the trade rumors anymore and the stress of an extension, all of that. It's just a huge weight's been lifted off my shoulders. And he said, when a deal didn't get done in the spring, I carried that, you know, those, that negative energy into the season. And it's true. He got off to a bad start. He normally was a slow starter in April, but it kind of carried through May a little bit. But since June 1st, Anthony Rizzo has been playing at any level Anthony Rizzo's ever played at. He really has. If you look at the numbers, they are right up there with some of his best years even. You just got to take away the first you know, six bad weeks, essentially. From May 15th on, his OPS plus is a 130, which means he's 30% above league average, which is right in line with his career numbers. So, yeah, you know, I mean, look, am I going to walk away from my Cubs fandom? No, I'm sure I won't. But I definitely don't feel the need to tell people to go buy tickets. I don't feel the need to tell people, hey, let's go pack the ballpark. You know, I got some fans, uh, friends of mine who are also fans, of course, saying, hey, the Giants are coming to town. We should all go and give Brian a big warm welcome. I'm like, you could go. I'm not going unless it's a free ticket. No, I really don't. If, if they're not going to spend, I'm not going to spend. That's simple. I don't see it, you know, I don't see another way around it. If they if they go cheap this offseason, they need to sign one top 10 free agent this offseason. That's not even asking for a lot. They should really be signing two or three with the amount of money they have freed up. If they go in, if they spend what they did in 2020, which was about 208 million or so, the, the luxury tax goes up to 212 million next year, I believe. That keeps them underneath it. Say they don't even want to go up that high. If they have a $200 million payroll. They could easily add three top 10 free agents and a couple fringe players around to what's existing on this team already. I'm not, I'm not really kidding. They could get Nick Castellanos, Carlos Correa. Correa's going to be a little expensive. So maybe they got Correa's the Correa should be the main focus. Because then you could play Nico at third or try Nico in left field or whatever if you want to have Matt Duffy at third, Patrick Wisdom at first. Because I'm pretty sure Wisdom and Duffy are your corner infielders next season but they could easily get two high-priced free agents and a high-priced pitcher you have Hendricks you have Adbert you're going to see Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson and you have Alec Mills as well some depth do you go out and get like a Marcus Stroman and now you got Hendricks Stroman Adbert Steele I like the way that looks Brandon Marquez coming along at least put yourself in a position where going into the season you're competing for the NL Central to the point where come July 1st, you're like, hey, we're only a few games back, but if we trade for this pitcher, that'll put us over the top and we'll take the division. 2017 Dodgers did not, they got off to a real slow start. And then by July, they were right around where they should be for the division. And to separate themselves, they traded for you, Darvish. There's, there, you know what I mean? You don't always have to go into the season with a set roster. I think a lot of fans think that the roster has to be set. No, go in with some wiggle room. Take a couple gambles on some players. If they don't work out, make a trade for someone else, or hopefully someone is ready in your farm system to be called up to make a difference. Built Bar, everybody. Built Bar is a fantastic way to start off your day. They've got so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. So when you talk to a Built Bar fan, you'll, 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 you'll hear them. They'll tell you how passionate they are about their flavors. They got coconut. They got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, 
By the way, milk brownie, that's my favorite. Although cookies and cream is mighty fine. And uh, one of my favorite things about Built Bar, though, is the nutrition. They are incredibly healthy, too. I know a lot of these other bars are bragging about their protein content, which Built Bar has. They got 17 to 18 grams, but they also are loaded with sugar. Not Built Bar, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. You can even check out the Grasshopper Cookie, which is just like a Girl Scout Thin Mint. Delicious. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty sweet, huh? Go USA. So here's what you want to do. You want to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, a couple notes from yesterday's game. Ian Happ hit a home run from the right side, which we haven't seen since, I don't know, ever. So that was a nice thing to see. Uh, as far as the pitching goes, Zach Davies was bad again. And I remember they even had a tweet hyping him up going, he pitches great in NL West ballparks, like a 2.4 ERA. Did not happen yesterday. Bullpen behind wasn't very good either. And we're, we're looking at some players where we're like, oh, who are these guys? Who who are these players right now for, for my Cubs? That's what's starting to bother me a little bit about right now is I don't know if there's they aren't quite ready to bring up a couple of the AAA guys, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. Let me go over the lineup for you briefly from yesterday's 13 to 6 loss. Ortega, look, Ortega's been hitting great. I would play him. He's, got, he's hitting 316, 904 OPS. You know, he's been playing wonderful. Play him every day until the rest of the season because, yeah, might as well. It's the center field is just keeping it warm until Brennan Davis is ready, hopefully by May or June of next year. Ortega went one for four. Fine. Wilson Contreras, he's a mainstay. He's set. He was one for three with a walk, RBI. All right, cool. David Bodie, you got to get a look at him. I'm fine with that one for four. Wisdom, same thing, one for four. Ian Happ went one for three with a walk, home run, three runs scored. Solid game, Ian. Here's where it's getting weird for me, though. Schwindel. Who? Frank Schwindel. It's a guy they got from Oakland. Oh, is he a young guy? No, he's 29. By the way, Ortega's 30, so it's not like he's some uh, booming prospect. And Wisdom's also 29. Wisdom, though, I always felt like never got a real shot at the pros. So now that he finally is, he's answering. So definitely play Wisdom all the time. Jason Hayward, fine, one for two. On a good team next year, though, Hayward's coming off the bench. He could uh, he could help mentor some of the younger guys. Andrew Romine, or, yeah, I think it's Romine. Look, I love a guy who stays with his dream and and keeps playing. You know, you might as well play minor league ball until they tell you you can't. It's, it's better than working an office job, I'm sure. He's 35 years old, though. He doesn't need to be starting games for us. He'd be coming in off the bench. He could be a shortstop depth. But again, he's 35. I don't, I don't get that. Play Alcantara, you know? And so what I don't get is why isn't Alfonso Rivas up yet to play first base for the Cubs? He is destroying the ball in AAA. The left uh, fielder they got in the Andrew Chafin deal has also been killing the ball at the AAA level. Why isn't he up right now? Play him in left field. Play or, you know, or play him in right field. I think he could play right from what I've read. Bench Jason Hayward. Ortega in center, Hap and left. You want to see if Hap bounces back. You got to get what you can to Hap. Hap needs to play every day. I agree with that. I just don't understand. And then next time it's Davies starts, uh, hey, Zach, I think your finger hurts. Oh, no, it feels fine. And then you break it, right? <laughs> and then you start Justin Steele. Keegan Thompson's getting stretched out a little bit, so he's going to need some more time. But then next time Jake Arrieta, it's his turn. You go, hey, Jake, what was that? And then, oh, my God, it falls downstairs. And you don't actually have to do that. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I'm just saying you skip their turn. And then you get uh, Keegan Thompson. The final month of September, the rotation should, should be Hendricks, Adbert. 
Although Adbert's getting up to an innings limit, so you might want to sit him even. Hendricks, I'll say Adbert just again. Why not? Steele, Keegan Thompson, Alec Mills. Jake Arrieta, you've had a wonderful career. You're a Cy Young winner. You're a World Series champion. You've made an all-star team. You've won 22 games in a single season. You, like... Your your you know your his, your spot in Cubs history is cemented. You're going to be able to come to Cubs conventions the next 25 years, and people are going to go nuts for you. Okay, you could probably open up a car dealership. There's no reason for us to keep seeing you pitch, though. We know we got you, and I'm sure we're going to throw you out there a few times because we're good people, and you're going to be like, please, I just need a couple bounce back starts because I want to keep pitching, and and if I have a couple bounce back starts, maybe a team will give me a shot next year. He's getting at best a minor league deal next year. It's just that's just the way it goes. And then Fluster, John Lester, by the way, got lit up. Uh, he's pitching for the Cardinals now. Not a nice sight to see. He got lit up, which is like, are you a secret agent? You helping us out still? Love you, Big John. He's also in the same boat. I don't really see him getting more than a minor league deal. If he does get a major league deal to pitch again next year, it's going to be for a, a million or two. I mean, he got a four million dollar deal this year. I, I just don't see it happening. I think he'd be best retiring. And I know it's it's a bummer to retire when you don't have a good season, but that's how it works for about 95% of athletes. 95% of athletes, their final season isn't a good one. And and it's and you know, it's a it's it's a bummer. And a lot of them will look back on I wish I would have left a, a season or two earlier. But in the same regard, one more summer in the sun's probably pretty fun for them too. But the Cubs need to be taking a real strong look at players who could benefit the team next year. Because if you find out Say Justin Steele makes a start next week. What is it, August 4th today? And you know, you give him the final seven weeks and he pitches awesome, then hey, that's one less thing to worry about next year. Now you could go in with Kyle Hendricks, Adbert, Justin Steele. Same if Keegan Thompson looks great. Because even though it's garbage time for the Cubs, the teams they'll be facing will be teams who are trying to win games, a lot of them. And they'll be facing hitters who are trying to win spots next year, too. So the competition level is there. So that's what that's what I would like to to get for me to get emotionally back invested in this. That's what I'm going to need to see. Because you know I've seen my first favorite player ever was Andre Dawson, and granted I was seven or eight, so I was going to rebound from that. When he left, I was bummed for a little bit. Then Sammy Sosa, Sammy Sosa though I mean I didn't finish my point about the propaganda earlier, but the propaganda is from. Oh, Hayward's contract cost us and Bryant never wanted to be here. These are all things ownership puts out for you to feel better about your team making changes. Sammy Sosa had a propaganda because players used to leave early all the time, last game of the season or in games they weren't going to play in. He asked, he got permission from Dusty to leave early and Dusty said, sure. So he left early to get an earlier flight back to the Dominican Republic. Now his teammates had the right to be upset about that, but they made it seem like it was this huge sacrilegious thing that I thought was a little over the top, but I think they made that easier for to deal with the blow. And Simi Sosa also had a, a, a final season that, you know, the numbers were clearly down. He was older in age. He was 34, 35 when we left. I think he was 35 when we traded him to Baltimore. So it was different circumstances. You know, that 04 season really broke a lot of fans' hearts. This, though, all three of the guys who were so crucial to the team's success over the last six to seven years, World Series champions, Runners up in MVP. One was an MVP. One was a runner up in MVP. Uh, even Rizzo was top five in MVP voting in 2015, 2016. For them to all go at once, that that just will never sit well with me. It will never, ever sit well unless I hear the exact dollar amounts and all this other kind of stuff. And 
it's just it's a real unfortunate way because now I look around all the World Series memorabilia that my basement is filled with, and I look up going, not on the team, not on the team, not on the team. Oh, there's Kyle Hendricks on the corner of that pitcher. And it's it's heartbreaking that this is how the greatest era of Cubs baseball in our lifetimes has had to come to an end. And it really felt like in a lot of ways it could have been avoided. You know, would it have really killed us if in year five of Anthony Rizzo's extension, he was hitting seventh for us? It's not like he's a guy who's going to be giving away at bats. You know, it's not like he was going to turn into some guy who strikes out 30% of the time. Yeah, it just seemed unfortunate how it all had to come to an end. But um, but we'll see. You know, my 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 words to both Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts, more you, Tom Ricketts. I just have two words for you. Prove it. Prove it to us that you want to be competitive again starting in 2022. Show us that you are not taking the fan base for granted and you don't think we're a bunch of idiots who show up no matter what, which is what your father said. Never forget that, everybody. Joe Ricketts was in an interview, and when he wasn't sure because he knows nothing about baseball, about buying a baseball team, Tom said to him, they come no matter what. So I'm not going to be taken advantage of anymore. I don't know about how you guys feel. All right, thanks for listening to Lockdown Cubs. You guys are the best. And, of course, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.